Get psyched with friends, ladies, and amateur crushers, Morgan and Cynthia. Join us as we share personal stories from our climbing lives, our proudest achievements, our epic failures, and most of all, our borderline obsessive love of the sport. Welcome, Welcome to, to Crag Confessions. Confessions. Episode 9, How Climbing Changed My Life. Uh, what a lofty topic. <laughs> I think I feel like we could all talk about this thing for hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Since we are doing this climbing podcast, because climbing is probably takes up the most brain space and time space in both of our lives. Living rent-free in my head. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> I thought it could be cool to kind of explore this topic and see just all the different ways that climbing has changed our lives uh, and what kinds of impacts it's making. Yeah, climbing definitely has been the one thing that has made the most change in my life so far. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah, I was a totally different person before climbing. I think I talked about this in our very first episode, but I was a couch potato before I started climbing. (laughs) So hard to imagine now. Thank you, Cynthia. (laughs) (laughs) I was and actually still have not ever been a member of a commercial gym. Other than having to walk through the regular parts of the gym in order to get to the climbing gym when I joined my first (laughs) gym, I still have not been in a commercial gym, which kind of gives you a glimpse of what it was like before I started climbing. I was working in big law in New York City. I had actually moved so as to prioritize my job so that I was literally on the block next to my office building in downtown Manhattan. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, like I thankfully didn't see the building out of my apartment window, but it was literally on the next block. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, and I thought this was a great idea at the time. By this maneuver, I was actually just like putting on a lot of weight through the combo of sitting all day and never exercising. Oh, right. And then you didn't have like any commute. (laughs) Yeah, my pants weren't fitting in the waist. That was like one of my first indications. Um, Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, that was in 2016 before I started climbing. And then after I started climbing, obviously, it changed the way that my body looked. But more importantly, it changed the way that I thought about my body. Growing up as a girl, one of the most important things, maybe the most important thing that is unconsciously drilled into you in every aspect of society is that the most important value of a girl is in how she looks and that you are worth how you look. And I was getting a belly by sitting in the office, but the fear I felt was all directed toward how I looked. Like, how can I hide this belly? What kind of pants can I wear so I can cover it and make my thighs not look too big? You know, I'm not going to wear shirts that show my arms anymore because they're all flabby. (laughs) It was not really concerned with how healthy am I? How do I feel? But how do I look? And I think one of the most important ways climbing has changed my life is that now I think about what can I do rather than how I look. Obviously, you know, there's some overlap between looking fit and being a good climber. But, you know, we all know that that's actually a fallacy. You know, like, I don't think how I look affects how I climb. Yeah, like looking at you too. I mean, we've talked about this before, how like your 
muscles just don't get bigger in the way that bodybuilders muscles do you know I'm pretty sure that you just have like super dense muscles in there (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah looking at you I think that maybe most people wouldn't think that you looked very strong like per se but then once you get on the wall like it's so clear that you are crazy strong (laughs) yeah I mean we all know somebody who is like improbably strong comparison to how they look so that's taught me not to think about how people look as being a direct translation to how strong they are or even just like other aspects of their life Uh yeah I try not to compare myself in how I look anymore but on other factors like can I do this move or how long can I hold on to this hold? Things that I think are actually completely orthogonal to how I look because I don't give a shit about how my legs look. (laughs) And I care a lot about my finger tendons, which nobody can see. Right. (laughs) How do you think climbing has changed how you physically feel? Well, I also was sort of a couch potato in my pre-climbing years. I did some indoor soccer when I was in college, but I mean, I had no upper body strength to speak of. And I and I also never had a membership set at regular gyms, except for this one gym that I got a membership at because uh, they offered Zumba classes. Mm. And I was super into Zumba for a time. <laughs> oh yeah, you still got the moves. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's why I'm like twerking up the wall, basically. <laughs> but yeah, I think that my body has definitely physically changed not only like in what I can do I can certainly like do more pull-ups now than I think I have ever been able to do in my whole life but I look a lot different now like my shoulders have gotten a lot broader and my lats are also really big now. Um, and my hands and fingers my god <laughs> I wish I had photos of my hands before climbing because I want just something to compare it to like are these bumps and stuff normal <laughs> It's totes normal. Yeah. (laughs) But I think that especially when I first started getting these muscles, it made me rethink what I thought femininity looked like. Like I remember when I first started climbing, I was brushing my hair in the bathroom and I looked at my arm in the mirror. I saw my bicep enlarged for the first time and I was like, oh my God, (laughs) who is she? I thought like maybe I didn't look as girly or as much of a woman as I should or used to. And even my mom, she was like, wow, your arms are getting kind of big, Cynthia. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, she just doesn't have the, the vocabulary to say like, oh, muscular woman, that's uh-huh. a thing. <laughs> yeah, um, why are you only getting fat in your arms? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that that changed a lot for me once I started climbing is like not only was my body changing, but I was seeing a lot of very strong, very fit and sometimes jacked women in the gym. On the one hand, I had all these conflicting things of like, oh, I I shouldn't look like this. I should not have all of these like bulging biceps. But on the other hand, I see some woman with like back muscles for days and I'm like, oh, God, I want to be her. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) I think over time, my views on what looks feminine have changed a lot. Maybe similarly too, my views on male attractiveness have also changed. I remember when I was in middle school and high school, I used to think those skinny, lanky skateboarders were so cute. Mm, Maybe that was just growing up in the 90s. (laughs) Oh, yeah, maybe. (laughs) 
But now I think I look in the gym and I, whenever I see some guy doing something that looks really difficult or he's obviously very strong, I'm like, oh, hello. Mm. <laughs> well, not anymore because I'm married, <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I actually remember when I was starting to climb and I binge watched a lot of IFSC competitions on YouTube. And I remember thinking when they walked out for the first time, oh my God, these guys look like monkeys. <laughs> Nowadays, of course, we're all blind to it. But <laughs> I thought that their shoulders and backs were like the broadest things I've ever seen. <laughs> that they didn't look like a normal person. Yeah, and I'm sure that he saw a lot of positive ape indexes too. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> How do you think climbing has changed what you do with your time? Oh my goodness, I guess climbing has changed everything about how I spend my time. <laughs> Not only in the day-to-day, -day, I guess I'm spending at least three days a week in the gym, but also any holidays that I take, they're always going to be climbing related. And any like non-climbing holiday, I feel like, what are we doing here? <laughs> are we still having fun? I don't know. <laughs> but it, it's impacted what takes up my brain space too. Like every time I go to make a meal or go to eat something, I'm thinking, does this have enough protein in it for my gains? <laughs> mm. How is this going to impact my training? I need to incorporate rest into my, my weekly schedule so that I can get the most gains from my training that I'm doing in the gym. Overall, too, I'm spending a lot more time outdoors than maybe I used to pre-climbing. So my relationship to the planet, I think, has changed a lot as well. Now I'm thinking about how can I keep these climbing areas accessible for the long term? You know, like how can I contribute to the maintenance of them? But also I like changed my whole diet. I'm mostly vegan and always vegetarian now. And that was it's for environmental reasons, but I think it was spurred a lot by me wanting to like sustain the planet in some way. Yeah. 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 Sounds like it's changed your outlook on the world. Mm. How you think about yourself as a living, breathing human being, that you're in touch with your body more. Oh, for sure. For sure. Even in like a deeper sense too, like my whole identity, I feel like is wrapped around climbing. I went from thinking that I wanted a big girl job, nine to five in an office, to now realizing that actually I'm pretty sure I'm happy with this like dirt bag life. <laughs> Some of my happiest memories are when, you know, we were in the van together. Yeah, it's given me so many good times. I, yeah. I completely agree with you that I think it's changed my identity. I was, and I think I still am to a large degree, driven by what others think of me. I'm not proud of it myself, but I do want the approval of society. And growing up, I think I was raised on a diet of self-sacrifice. And I didn't really know what it was like to enjoy what you're doing in the moment that you're doing it. Almost <laughs> as if if you liked it, it's a sin, like in that kind of <laughs> Catholic kind of way. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course, I did things that I liked, but I knew I had to be doing something for the greater good, for the approval of society in order to fulfill my obligations to my family and the world. And basically, I wasn't enjoying my existence in the world as much as I do now. Because climbing has changed the way that I think, because in order to send, I need to be fully present. I need to be aware of my body. Like you said, what I've eaten, 
how much I'm drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Have I gone to the bathroom recently? (laughs) The now, the pleasure, the pain, what can I do with my body? All the sensations that come with existing in my body are just much more real to me now. Yeah, it seems like you are much more in tune with yourself than you have been before. Yeah, yeah. And it's changed the way that I put myself in the environment or consider myself as part of the earth. I'm definitely much more environmentally conscious than I was before I started climbing. Yeah, totally. And I feel like this is sort of true with everyone I've spoken with in the climbing community. Like, I don't know if climbing chooses these people or climbing just changes people altogether. But it seems like the climbing community as a whole is very concerned with environmental sustainability and like bodily sustainability. Like I'm, I'm subscribed to climbing.com and I get updates for their articles all the time. And they're all, they're all about how to continue climbing into your old age. Like what kinds of things can you be doing to like increase your longevity and what can we be doing to keep climbing access in like an environmental way? Then always peregrine falcons. <laughs> oh my God. Nesting. <laughs> <laughs> They're nesting uh, right now. <laughs> wait, we can't go near them. They need our help. <laughs> uh, too true. I feel like a lot of it is probably because we do a lot of climbing outside and the indoor climbing is to some degree intended to replicate outdoor climbing (laughs) (laughs) to some degree, (laughs) some degree. Yeah. (laughs) But because there's a lot of connection to nature, I remember going on trips and I feel like I'd have to be blind to not see just the beauty of nature and you know even if it's like super cold outside or if it's ridiculously hot outside you know you appreciate (laughs) the trees and the water and the life around you that vitamin d from the sun (laughs) i think it does something good for your brain (laughs) aphrodisiac (laughs) whoa Do you think that climbing has had any negative impacts on you? We've talked so much about the far-reaching positive effects. Yeah, I've thought about this too. I wonder if because it's so quantifiable, because there are grades and stats and have you climbed this and can you climb that, it's just changed how I am critical and compare myself to others and others amongst themselves rather than actually changing how I intrinsically am like I'm still just as judgmental as I was before it's just I judge you based on other factors now (laughs) ouch (laughs) (laughs) I mean I, I don't know maybe this is a part of what you were saying before about how when you see a guy sending something really hard at the gym you're like attracted to him Mm. and maybe if you hadn't been into climbing you'd be attracted to somebody based on other metrics yeah that makes sense it also brings me to another possible negative effect of climbing which is that the world of climbing is not unbiased so it's definitely expanded my horizons but it's expanded in a certain arc and not in a certain other arc so the people that I meet who I'm so grateful for and who I wouldn't have otherwise met if not for being in climbing are generally young folks and they're generally physically able people and to some degree that they are privileged in a way for having the means and the time to be able to pursue this hobby. So I wonder sometimes if that might be 
a negative, that it's not a true cross-section of society. It's a biased cross-section. Oh, I see. It's not like I'm meeting more people across the board. I'm meeting young people who are able to devote a lot of their life to a particular activity and they are physically able to do it. And Mm -hmm. I wonder if that is just biasing my worldview. Oh, I see that like maybe you're not getting enough diversity or like you said, it's just like a a biased cross-section that you're only meeting people in the tech world. (laughs) 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 Or in software. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, you're totally right. I feel like I've kind of distanced myself from certain types of people at the same time as drawing myself closer to climbers. Like I used to be really close to a lot more people who were in my profession. I thought most of my friends would come from my career. And now I don't really try that hard to keep in contact with them anymore because I'm focused on all of these climber friends that I know. The the better friends, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I I guess like no matter what kind of club you're in, you're always going to get this sort of bias. You know, when I was in high school, I took only honors classes and college level classes. And so all of my friends were also honors students. And I had almost no interaction with the rest of the school. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I think that you're probably going to get some of this anywhere you go. Like if you are a part of some kind of group there's just going to be other people that you necessarily exclude. Yeah. And those other people might think that you're actually uncool and that you made the wrong choice. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I do think that the culture of climbing as a whole, though, seems to be moving towards trying to reach these groups of people who have so far been excluded. There was that real rock last year about the climbing gym in Nashville, Tennessee, that's like, you know, doing outreach to lower socioeconomic communities and trying to bring climbing to these people who wouldn't normally have access to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're right, like they can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I guess I have hope that the sport will start to include more kinds of people. Yeah. Has climbing affected your life negatively? Um, from my perspective, I don't think that climbing has had many real negative impacts. But I think from a societal standpoint, like I remember when I decided that I was going to move out of New York and live in a van again, I posted on Facebook, hey, I'm doing this thing, I'm going to live in a van. And like, I felt like the emotion of my post was really positive and I was super excited about this choice that I was making. But I got a DM from a woman who I grew up with in high school and she was like, hey man, this pandemic's been hard on everybody. If you need anything, just let me know. Like I'm here for you. And I was like, oh, thank you for your concern. But like this, I'm making this choice involuntary. <laughs> <laughs> like she thought that because I was going to live in a van that like, I was like hard out on my luck or something. You have no other choice but to move into a van down by the river. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, the number of jokes that I got (laughs) (laughs) about living in a van down by the river. I mean, I got jokes about being like part of the welfare state, you know, like (laughs) only doing it for the government handouts. And and I think that most of it, besides that woman on Facebook who really thought that I was down and out, (laughs) um, for the most part, it was all said in, in jest. But I think that there is this like 
in in normal society this like idea that if you don't take showers every day and like if you don't have a an adult job then you're not doing it right <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I I thought it too like when I first moved to New York I moved there because I had not really had you know a big girl job in the past like before I was working at Lush which is just selling soap and rubbing lotion on people's hands which like I enjoyed I thought that was fun but I was also a little embarrassed to tell people what I did because it didn't sound like prestigious enough. And so I had this opportunity to move to New York and work behind a computer and make some actual money. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, this is it. This is my next step in adulthood. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the thing. And like, I know that there are a lot of people who really enjoy their nine to five work and like a lot of climbers even who do that kind of thing. And are super happy with it but I found myself feeling really like dissatisfied and it didn't feel like it fit I don't think that there's anything wrong with the nine to five but I think for me it wasn't right and climbing offered me this outlet that like hey there's this whole group of us over here that also don't feel like that life is for us and you're not a social pariah if you don't fit into the regular mold and mm -hmm. And it's totally fine for you to just be who you are because there's a lot of us who are like this too. Um, and we fit in just fine here. Yeah. I'm really grateful for climbing to have provided me the space to just be who I am and like mm -hmm. to have people around me who love me for just those reasons and don't yeah. expect me to be anything different. Yeah. I met my closest friends through climbing and example number one is you. Oh. I'm tearing up, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right back at you. Oh. <laughs>